0: Hey folks, this is Jody White. We have a special uh, interview-only Wood Cup episode for you here. Um, uh, first, I will talk with Terry Bolton, then Kyle Wood. Uh, we'll get, uh, get on the line with Jacob Wheeler, and we'll uh, break down Wheeler Lake uh, talk a little cup, and uh, really dig into this thing a little bit. And then, you know, that'll uh, that'll be it. Obviously, we got a big week coming up. Uh, you can follow FLW all over the place. Um, FLW Fishing on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. FLW Official on Snapchat. And, of course, FLWFishing.com, where pretty much all the action is going to go down this week. So, uh, stay by a computer. Stay by a phone. Uh, if you're around Huntsville, come on out. We uh, we've got billboards around. We we uh, it's gonna be a big deal. We've got a fun week ahead, and I guess uh, without any further ado, here's Terry Bolton to talk a little fishing. All right, and now we're joined by Terry Bolton. Uh, here we're here at registration for That's the right. Forestwood Cup. Uh, we still got a banquet to do later on. I guess. You know, it's the cup. There's extra festivities. That's right. we got a, a lot
1: more going on this week than a normal event.
0: Uh, no doubt. Well, Terry, I guess my first question, and I want to talk about your practice and uh, just the cup in general in a little bit and your season too. But right now, I want to know, you're a good ledge fisherman. Mm-hmm. Maybe a very good or great ledge fisherman. Uh, but you're also, you've got a lot of experience on the Tennessee River and TVA Bodies of Water fishing up shallow as right. well. and kind That's of. True. Being diverse, so when you were thinking about this lake before you even got here, what in your mind was the way to approach it? Did you feel like I'm going to have to look offshore, or did you think I'm going to have to do everything?
1: Well, I've been here several times throughout my career, uh, although not, I don't think the
0: we've never had a tournament here in August before. Right, we've had yeah. them in I guess September, I, I and I think I'm sure last, we've had plenty in the spring, like June and May. And
1: yeah, I fished here quite a bit in March. Uh, uh may october but i don't think i've ever fished it here in the hot in the dead of summer so i i kind of you know august is a, you know on any tva channel like july and august are your transition times where fish start to it, it occurs starts occurring in july where they start to migrate back shallower so i knew i wanted to come here and find something that would coincide with the ways I would fish if I were at home at Kentucky Lake. And knowing Wheeler, it's a, it's a little bit different. Uh, it, there are some, all the TVA channel lakes have similarities, but they're all a little unique and different. And, and being from Kentucky Lake, you know, it's the best ledge lake in the United States, and there's not another one like it. But yeah. I wanted to look for something that would pertain to a pattern somewhat that I would fish at home. Okay. And that's kind of what I set out to do, or to, to see if I could do it. And so I, I came down and actually prefished for three and a half days. And I've gotten burnt before pre-fishing for cups. and Because um,
0: you, you can get in your head too much, this worked then, I'll go make it work now, it's not that far from now.
1: That's that right. I, with a cup at Washita several years ago, I got on a great deep grass flipping pattern. And i thought man there's no way it's july there's no way those fish will leave that grass in august and you know the tournament was won. everybody was up throwing They're top up on waters the yeah they were all one up on the bank so and i spent a day and a half of a three-day practice trying to make that grass thing so i really kind of shot myself in the foot so this year i tried to look at a lot of different things a lot of different types of water i was able to put something similar to what i would do at home on kentucky lake this time of year and i was like when i left i thought well you know, don't get married to it, but boy, it'd be really excited. nice if they'd be doing that when I come back because I, I have a lot of confidence doing that. Okay. And so that's, that was kind of my plan.
0: All righty. And, well, I guess, are they doing that? Did, they, you, yeah. Did, they, you, uh, did, did your practice pay off? Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I was actually, uh, you know, was able to find a couple more places and, uh, you know, and so I didn't even go back and fish anywhere where I caught them in pre-fishing. I just that's smart. I left them alone, so uh, you know who knows. I mean, of course, you got to be there when the fish bite and the fish. Uh, some of the places I've know, you know, I did, you know, kind of idled around, looked at a few of them. The fish have moved a little bit on some of the places, so you know, there's a lot of variables yeah. that can come into play. I mean, it's 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 a kind of a high risk, high reward type fishing, but that's what you got to do at the cup. You know, you know, you, you're you're not fishing for points. You know, I've had. I think, three top five finishes in the cup, but nobody knows that. So <laughs> they yeah, only remember we were, the winners.
0: We, we thought about doing an article on, you know, who had finished second in the cup. And right, yeah. The only guy you remember finishing second in the cup is Scott Canterbury. Exactly, for losing that fish. it was by an ounce, and he lost that fish. Yes, exactly. And there's no – I mean, I can't even I, – I, I think Wheeler finished second in the cup last year. But yeah. But I – I couldn't even tell you that hundred percent sure because uh, yeah, you just think, don't yeah. you don't remember it. It's, that's right. You remember the guy. Who you remember won. when he won. That's you yeah, know. and that's what it's that's what it's about for sure. That's right. That's right. So
1: you know, this is the tournaments that you have to you know fish your strengths and you know and and that's what I'm going to try to go do. Um, you know, I, I sampled a lot of different types of things and and you know and and I I'm going to go try to fish what I feel I'm you know i'm comfortable and i feel that is one of my strengths but still you have to have a little good fortune doing that
0: all right now this podcast is not going to be out until well maybe tonight Right. but if you had to if you had to guess or maybe you want to project a little bit do you think you're going to be fishing close to the bank or away from the bank
1: no i'll be fishing away from the bank okay (laughs) i'll be fishing away from the bank yeah i won't be fishing real close to the bank well you know not not like maybe real, sometimes well, <laughs> you know, not real close, but yeah i'll be I'll be fishing away from the bank, yes,
0: all right, cool, um, Terry, your season this year was really good mm-hmm. um last year, you had another really you had a, a really solid season all around last year, too, I feel like recently. I don't know if your fishing has changed, but it seems like you're getting more consistently better results. It seems yeah. like you went through a little bit of a, a slump, maybe, and then you kind of kicked it on again. Does, yeah, you know, I had. Does that my, feel the same to you?
1: Yeah, you know, my father passed away about three years ago, and that was pretty hard on me. And I, I can imagine. you know, and for the first year or so, you know, I had a couple not so good years, and and he, you know, uh, he and he passed away i think it was right before the smith lake event the one that dave lapibra won and that year was really tough and the next year was really tough and so last and and i'd kind of gotten a bad attitude with ledge fishing and we went to kentucky lake about three years ago and i think i finished 91st or second and um
0: kentucky lake is your home and that was the worst finish i'd
1: ever had in a uh, just about any event in a ledge june event And I remember Andy Morgan made the statement to me. He said, you know, Terry, he said, you're one of the best natural ledge fishermen ever to fish. You shouldn't be letting these guys beat you. So, and I said, you know, you're right. And I had to rededicate myself and change my old ways of thinking. And. And that was and that's really what I worked on last summer, and it paid off with two good finishes in the summer events and it's paid off again this year, so I really kind of had to have a little reprogramming of my brain so to speak
0: all righty what uh what did you do to reprogram yourself did you well uh, I, did you go out and like try and spend more time on the water to learn more things? did you just try and every time you Trying to approach things differently. What was yeah? Your I mean, you know, philosophy? I grew up
1: in an era before GPS, and you know, a lot of the places that are now community holes and where you see boats set at home now, those were places that I made top tens and ever starts and one, uh, you know, one and ever start and you know, and finished second in the tour event there at Kentucky Lake, and I had lots of good finishes, and so did other people, and so those places, I was always. When I got to the second or third day, I always had a school of fish found that nobody else had found. And I, I grew up in an era where the way you won was, you know, you found fish that nobody else was finding. Okay. That's gotten harder to do, although I still do it on occasion. Yeah. But I've still got, I've always had that mentality, I've got to fish somewhere where nobody else is fishing. And I. I so I had to reprogram myself to, and I think that's why a lot of these younger guys now, they didn't grow up in that era of finding, you know, everything's fish, so, but they've gotten better at fishing behind people. They have more confidence. They're better at changing and catching fish. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I grew up in an era of when you found a school of fish and you fished them, well, they didn't get fished until the next week, and they were dumb. It didn't. I mean, it didn't matter what you threw in there at them a lot of times. So
0: now you can throw on a spinnerbait one week and then throw it in the next week. and yeah. throw it in the week after, and, and they're gonna bite it all three of those weeks so probably.
1: I, and that, and I changed my bait selections up on fishing in these schools of fish for fewer bites, but the the bigger bites. Okay. And so I, I spent a lot of time last summer during the the i guess it was probably around the time that the bass masters was at kentucky lake and there was a lot of a lot of traffic on the lake and a lot of tournaments and a lot of pressure and i messed around with those fish before they started practice and then when i came back and after and kind of judged how those schools reacted and you know to different types of lures and and kind of learned a few things that helped me this year in this kentucky lake event
0: okay well it certainly uh certainly paid off because i mean you were i believe you led one of the days yeah i led after the first two you were uh i mean you were definitely you were in contention to win
1: right well and once again you know i say i've changed but then again you know the first two days you know i had some places i'd snuck off to where nobody was fishing and they were smaller and i beat them up i mean i beat them to death to make sure i let because and i knew they would i knew especially the place i fished the second day it's a one and done place once you go fish it one day i know from experience you don't go back and okay. catch anything you give that else. A long rest well it's yeah you're not going to yeah. probably catch any more there but i used it to lead yep. the second day now could i've saved it for the third maybe maybe somebody yeah. fishes it before me so i went ahead and beat up a lot of things and of course going in i knew i needed a top 10 to get myself in contention to get to this cup so i knew the third day i didn't have to catch very much To ensure myself at least that top 10 finish and be here for this cup, because I really want it in this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really want it in this one. And, I mean, it, it's August. It's the Tennessee River. Although Wheeler's a little unique, I mean, it's still, you know, it's it's one that I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable with. I'm not at a Blueback Herring Lake in Georgia or the Carolinas, you yeah, know. It's
0: the kind of place it could be in your wheelhouse. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and— Maybe you're not the local, like, a Jake Hendrick or no, something like no, that. No, no, I don't have the
1: the local experience. But I know enough from—and I've fished enough here to know that— in 15 minutes, you can catch all you need yeah. to have a really good day. you know. That's,
0: that's, uh, and that's what you want. I guess my last question here, you've obviously been out there practicing. I'm sure you've you know, run into a little bit of doc talk from other guys. Right. What, what do you think we're looking at for a winning weight? Because some guys have been really negative and said, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to catch a limit every day. And I guess maybe you might not catch a limit every day, but you might have four good ones. Or yeah, something. I mean, what's, I, your, what's your kind of take on this right now?
1: I mean, I still, you know, 12 to 15 pounds a day was a good catch here. Um, I still think 15 a day yeah, will win this event. Um, and that's not saying that there's not a 17, 18, 19-pound stringer out there because I believe it is. Um, it's just,
0: you can't back that up two days in a row. I think it's hard to do it two days
1: in a row. Um, you know, I know I had one day in here before, uh, one day of practice that, you know, that I only caught four, I only had four bites, but, you know, they probably weighed, you know, 13 pounds, you know, so you could very likely see that a guy not weigh a limit, but have 13, 14, you know, 15 pounds and be in the hunt. Exactly. So, um, you know, I think that's one thing, um, but I I still think that'll be, you know, a, a person gets into double digits consistently. I think he'll move on. At least survived to fish a third day, I believe.
0: And that's what it's about. It's about moving on and surviving and staying close, because right anything when you get to that final day or even the third day, I mean anything can happen at the cup, and exactly it's gonna be the type of place where you're probably it's probably gonna be close at the end of it, and one fish one way or the other can yeah. change the game
1: and I've learned too through the years you know practice really if you catch them or you don't catch them it really means you know I think Brad Knight won last year and Brad yeah, caught virtually he, he didn't think he had a very good practice yeah last he, year, and, for and sure. he you know he had a few bites in one area went back that was the magic area and he yeah. won the tournament I know probably one of my best cup finishes a third place at Murray I, I caught six bass in three days of practice and then decided the first day of the tournament to go to go up the river and do something I hadn't even done and finished third. Just went okay. practicing, you know. So, you know, it, it, practice means very little, you know.
0: All right. Uh, well, I guess uh, last thing before I let you go here, uh, if people want to follow you online, social media, that kind of stuff, uh, where should they track you down?
1: Go to Terry Bolton Fishing. That sounds like the place to be. That's a good place to be.
0: All right. Well, Terry, thanks for stopping by and uh, we got dinner tonight, but best of luck uh, tomorrow morning when uh, when this thing gets underway. All right.
2: Thank you very much. All right. Now we are joined with Forestwood Cup champion, Jacob Wheeler. Uh, Wheeler, what's happening, dude?
3: Man, I'm just uh, it's another Forestwood Cup. Obviously, this one has a little bit more meaning with being on Wheeler Lake. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, you know, looking forward to the event, man. It's, it's, it's a fun time of year because, you know, it's sort of one of those things, and you don't want to be cliche. It's a swing for the fence sort of thing, but it's – you can fish, you know, fish your strengths, mm-hmm. you can go for broke, and, and and it's really all about one place.
2: Yeah, yeah, that is 100% true. I think this is the one time you can actually use that cliche and no one will really get mad about it. <laughs> exactly you know I mean? right. Um, well, we've talked to a lot of guys this week, and, um, I mean, the consensus is really that it's tough. You know, if this isn't a cup, you're going to go out and you're just going to easily catch 14 pounds a day and win it kind of a mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I guess what I want to know from you uh, is – like How tough is it? I mean, is it like uh, five, six bites a day tough? Or is it like catching keepers isn't the deal? It's getting like a kicker yeah. or two.
3: How yeah, I mean, that? the thing is, Wheeler Lake has quite a few fish in it. It really does. It's just the fact that, you know, the average bite that you're going to get is that 13 to 15-inch size yeah. and 15s on the top end. So, um, you know, a lot of these guys are catching fish and stuff like that, but they're catching, you know, pound and a quarter, pound and a half. or you know. So you're going to see a lot of 6 to 8-pound bags. I mean, there'll be some guys that have those. But, you know, even though sometimes, like unless you're in the right little areas or you find the right little place, um offshore you know you, it's, it's harder just to get those bites in and of itself
2: okay um i guess that that's kind of the other lead-in as i want to know what um did you check I assume you did because I feel like this lake kind of sets up pretty well for how you like to fish. But you looked offshore and, and shallow?
3: Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, this is the time of year that I, I tend to run the bank and mm-hmm. go go do my thing. So, I mean, nobody knows. Everybody knows that's not a secret. Right. So, I mean, these days, um, you know, I looked around shallow and deep, and I spent some time looking around trying to figure out what was going on. And, I mean, it, it definitely didn't seem like there was a, a, a one thing that I could do. And fish all tournament and do well. Like it didn't seem that way to me. Like I'm, I'm a junk fisherman, and really, mm-hmm. this this lake doesn't set up. At- that, I mean, it sets up okay for a junk fisherman, but, like, really, you can run a pattern a little bit of okay. a way. I mean, you're still running, like, you might be like, okay, well, I'm running pockets, or I'm running channel banks on the main river, or I'm running this, and it didn't set up that way for me. You know, it seemed like it was more of a spot thing. You know, oh, okay. you, you know some places had them, like, this pocket might have them, and, and that point had them, and then, you know, this channel bank, but, you know, you might fish 10 other pockets or 10 other channel banks, and you never get a bite. So, it didn't necessarily seem like to me that it was a pattern-related. It's more area-related than anything else.
2: Have you been to Wheeler uh, before practice started here? Like whether in the past or pre-practice at all?
3: Um, no, I, I in pre-practice I spent two and a half days of practice down this way. Okay. and you know I was looking around and just I spent some time just more running around the lake, getting but to know it, kind of thing. That was the big thing, mm-hmm. running around, getting to know it, looking um, at areas that I felt like you know I might not look at in, in, in official practice. You know, trying to stuff that's way off the wall that you know. Yep. Yeah. You know, more than likely, I'm not going to spend my time two and a half days of practice looking for that. So, um, you know, that's what I did. I got a good idea what the lake looked like, and then sort of what I needed to do and get a game plan going in, you know, into official practice.
2: So it, it seemed to me like a lot of guys that did come down for pre practice, or some of the few guys that had experience on Wheeler before, um, some of the stuff they found in pre practice, or some of the areas that they thought would be really good, just haven't panned out. Um, did any of that? Factor in for you, like some stretches, you were like, "Man, that like I'm gonna catch some fish off that," and it just didn't <laughs> never unfolded that way.
3: I mean, there is there's it's about half and half. I mean, okay. half the places I looked at, I'm like, "That's gonna be that's that's <laughs> the juice right there." Sort of deal, or you know, um, and you never get a bite. And there's yep. a couple places I'm like, "I'm gonna get a bite there," and I get a bite there. So, you know, it, it's it's really for me. I think it ultimately comes down to a guy getting on a good little solid what might be an area like Mm and we've seen brad knight last year you know obviously pulling it out with one place right you know and that's not real normal for this time of year you don't catch them on one like Mm -hmm. one area for four days you know if this tournament was a three-day tournament it changes everything up a little bit four days of catching five fish you know and trying to keep that weight high yep uh, is not easy to do it's not at all and so you know for me I try to have multiple areas, and you got to try to save some areas, and you got to gamble in this thing. So you got to like sort of figure out, okay, well, if you say you find like one good area, or you know, say you have four good area er- or two good areas, mm-hmm. you might try to beat up this one that one area that you know that everybody's going to fish the first and, well, first and second day, and see if you can't you know catch them out of there, make a top twenty cut, and then days. You know, three and four sure. try to catch those fish that you're saving, but I mean, it's, so it's, it's all gambling. It's all strategy, and like, because a lot of these fish are resident fish. You know, you have a resident fish that are setting up in a lot of these areas, and and you got to decide what you're willing to to burn and what, and hopefully, you know, catch a few fish in those areas. In some places, you might not even get a bite.
2: Wow, it, that's really interesting because I feel like some of the guys I talked to pre-tournament that that aren't fishing. Uh, I did an article with Blake Nick, Luke Duncan, and Lambert. Yeah, i seen that. And they and they all kind of hinted at, um, like, Wheeler normally is a good, uh, like, a pattern lake. You yep. can get dialed in, like you were talking about, whether it's a channel swing or something like that. Yeah, you yeah. You can just run it. Or
3: docks or whatever. You and know, it, on the main channel, you get know, on a little deal. Yeah, yeah.
2: and it, it, you're right. It seemed, from the guys I've talked to in practice this week, it is kind of a spot thing, which is interesting. Because now I'm thinking, like, just from me looking at it, I kind of originally thought by day three and four... You could have a guy that just scraps whatever he was doing, like the water he knew he could fish, yep. right? He burned that up, and now he's running up the river instead of going down yep. towards the Wheeler Dam, running the same kind of pattern, catching fish. Mm-hmm. Now it's going that's a little more of an interesting dynamic in that you really have to manage your fish a lot more if that's actually how it's going to shake out.
3: For sure, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that goes on. I mean, I mean, whether it's talking, you're talking offshore fish, brush pile fish, all those things. There's only so many fish, you know, fish that are in a pocket, fish that are in creeks. Mm -hmm. There's only so many fish in those areas. I mean, I don't care where you're at. There's not thousands and thousands and thousands of bass. Just how it is. And then pressure, when you get a lot of boats around something, there's some areas that there's some definite fish going. You know, there's a lot of fish in those areas. But those are the mostly the areas that you know, everybody went down through and got a bite. Right. So they're all going to go back there and fish them. So you know, those areas that maybe that little stretch of bank or, you know, something that was subtle, there was a couple of stumps out in the middle and they're starting to relate to the stumps, something that's a little bit off of, off of the beaten path in that area. And you find a few fish that are sitting up on that. That's the kind of stuff that you can save, you okay. know, those big groups of fish, you're not going to probably be able to save that. You're just saving isolated fish and you're hoping that, you know, nobody's there. If somebody else found that, that place, you know, and you save and you go back there and you know, they could all be gone by the time you get there. So, I mean, you got it, it's always like, it's for me, you know, I, I've done pretty well in the forcewood cups and and for me, you know, I'm running new water a lot of times in, you know, in in some of the cups and some of the cups I'm fishing the same stuff and Mm -hmm. saving stuff. So, um, you know, it's interesting and it's always that strategy because it's in August. It's not a, there's not fish coming to you. Right. You know, there are a lot of resident fish. It's, you have to plan. You know, for those things. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. You never know if the water's going to come, come up and mess them up. If the water's going to go down, and you can't do this. Yeah. There's so many different variables, and you just have to control what you can and try to find as many fish as possible.
2: Well, um, on another note, too. I mean, Wheeler's a really big lake, especially when you get into all the nooks and crannies it has and uh, backwater areas and things like that. And with only 50 boats, do you think will we have a lot of guys stacked on top of each other in some of those areas that you're saying? Whoa. or I mean. Is it going to get really crowded? Because I feel like I spent a lot of time on the upper end of the lake mm-hmm. um, with the guys I rode around in pre-practice, and uh, I didn't see many people. No,
3: you know, I mean, there's – but you didn't see any many people in general. Like, okay. In general, you're not going to see a lot of people just for the fact, I mean, from the lower end to the upper end. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we all know, um, you know, from, from pre-practice reports, from, from you know, hearsay, mm-hmm. at the lower end is supposedly where it's going to be one you know that's that's historically historically that's where it goes down the elk river the lower end of the lake is where it goes down so i mean that's where it was the busiest no doubt there was more boats down that area and there's going to be more boats down that area you're going to have some isolated isolated places that guys are going to catch them in you know other parts of the lake but um is there enough fish in those areas to win that's ultimately what it comes down to. I mean, every tournament historically, you've seen it go down the Elk river, the lower end, uh-huh. you know, five, eight, uh, top 10 are in those areas a lot of times. So, um, you know, I, I, mean, for me, like I said, I, I rode around in the Tennessee and the river and I thought the same thing. I was running down through there and I'm like, number one, there's not that many backwaters for these guys to be in. And every right. backwater I went to, there was another boat. And I'm like, so where, are <laughs> where is everybody <laughs> yeah i'm like what in the world you know so when you go in the elk you start seeing a lot more boats when you go to the lower end you start seeing a lot more boats i mean and, and that's where i feel like you know more than likely still five out of the top 10 or probably or more or probably be on sure. that lower end the guy who can figure out how to catch them though in the tennessee or how to catch him up, you know, closer to Ditto mm-hmm. could be a guy that's dangerous, really dangerous, well, sure. because of the reason because there's nobody up there. Mm-hmm. There might be three or four boats, there might be five or six guys run that way and, and do some stuff, but at the end of the day, the guy might have a lot more fish to himself. Obviously, other than Gunnersville Dam. That's right. the only player that obviously everyone's gonna run up that way. I mean, if a guy got some has something up there, he's not gonna have it to himself. Right. So if he can figure something out in the river. You know, there's a real good possibility that guy's going to end up winning.
2: Well, uh, let's switch gears for a second. And other than yourself, I want to know three guys that you would pick to put on your fantasy fishing team mm-hmm. uh, for this tournament. So we know you'd pick yourself.
3: Mm-hmm. So give me I don't three, know give me three other guys. Uh, okay. Uh, John Cox. Ooh, I like it. Uh, John's, you know, a great angler. He's, he's gotten close to winning AOI. The last few the last yeah, really few years and, yeah. and he really you know he i just I, I got a feeling he's really you know he won at hartwell this year got a feeling he's really gonna you know step up on this mm-hmm. one um you know uh, from seeing from here jody's reporter over there oh bill chapman that guy seemed like he <laughs> i jody's over there sitting there and he's talking the guy's like he's like how's practice oh it's pretty good pretty pretty good he didn't he's like <laughs> He didn't know what to say. He didn't didn't even know what to say. He's like, oh, okay. Sounds good. So, and actually, I I know some friends of mine that that know Bill, and he's a really good angler from what I heard. He's Mm -hmm. a really solid angler. He's a really good river fisherman. Um, And the people in that region, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana – we're used to fishing for five bites a day and so that's the thing we're used to going out there and 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 grinding it out and this is going to be that kind of tournament so that's another reason why i pick him um and then last but not least man you know it's it's hard not to i got to pick between either scott scott martin or or my roommate matt airy those guys are um you know solid fishermen and and for me i would have to put scotty up there because I mean, I don't know. They're both. They all cry. They all whine about how oh, practice is so horrible. This and that. But at the end of the day, they're gonna catch him. Oh You yeah. know. And, and so I mean, Scott's definitely one of the guys one of the best in the world. And and he's just you know when tournament when tournament starts, it's a different animal with him. You know, he goes mm-hmm. out there and he becomes a different person. He goes out there and he goes and catches them. So, um, you know, those are my three. I mean, those are pretty three solid picks too. Oh, I, I absolutely <laughs> agree. And I think uh, I think with that.
2: I'm gonna let you get going. You got you got to go get ready. You got to go get cleaned up for the, uh, the, the little banquet banquet thing tonight. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. You got to go suit up. So uh, before I let you go, where can the folks listening follow you throughout this event and throughout the rest of the year?
3: Yeah, guys, um, make sure to hop on on Periscope this 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 event. I mean, I normally do quite a few Periscopes, but uh, I've sort of slacked off this year a little bit, and I want to do <laughs> a few more uh, during this event. Day one, day two, and then hopefully day three and day four. Obviously, follow me on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and, uh, we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. Well, cool, man. You get,
2: uh, you get to getting, go get cleaned up. We'll (laughs) see you here in a little while and we'll, uh, see how it pans out for you this week.
3: Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Kyle.